Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker, and not with me today is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. He's not here on this episode of the show because he and his wife are preparing for a big road trip to St. Augustine, Florida this weekend. Uh, they've got some stuff that they're going to be doing, and it's just, it just was not possible to work out the schedule with the brain uh, this week to uh, help us on the preview show. However, all is not lost because the brain has sent in an audio segment from the road, and we'll be playing that for you here in just a moment here on this week's show. So we're going to do the show a little bit differently today than how we've traditionally done the show. Obviously, with the brain not being here with me um, on the air, we are um, having him call in remotely, and we are going to be joined Instead, by the big boss at DolphinsTalk.com. That's Mike. Mike, you've heard on Dolphins Talk Daily every day. Um, he, he delivers great content pretty much every day throughout the week um, on Dolphins Talk Daily, DolphinsTalk.com Daily. And then uh, he's also doing the pregame or, or rather the postgame wrap-up show with Tom Ernesty on DolphinsTalk.com. So you can hear plenty of Mike over there. He's going to be with me here in just a few moments to uh, give us his thoughts uh, on this Dolphins team and uh, about the New England Patriots and this big game that we have coming up, which is an opportunity that the Dolphins have to really kind of prove themselves. I, I said on Twitter um, earlier on Thursday that the a trend for this Dolphins team over the past several years has been whenever they've had an opportunity to really make a statement in a game uh, they have failed to do it, and it, it's just been they fall on their face. And it happened earlier this season in the road game at New England. They had the big bounce back opportunity um, against Cincinnati, and, and they dropped that game. They they had opportunities to make big statements away in Houston, away in Indianapolis, and this team has sort of failed um, at every at every. You know, opportunity. I mean, even even in the year that they made the playoffs, they had a team a chance to really prove themselves as a contender against the Baltimore Ravens team, and it didn't work out. Um, so, you know, it, it forgive me for maybe not being the most optimistic person um, heading into this game. But anyway, uh, we'll get into that into the conversation with Mike. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have a clip from. Aaron the Brain, and then we'll be talking with Mike. And then at the very, very end of the show, uh, I sat down with a very good friend of mine, my my good buddy Tico, who is a lifelong Patriots fan. Um, but he's one of those he's one of those very rare Patriot fans who's actually a nice guy. He's not super braggadocious. He's very humble. He's aware that he is in the midst of the golden age, and he's not necessarily waving it in everybody's face. Uh, so. You know, unlike a lot of Patriots fans out there, he's very down to earth, very cool guy. Um, we sat down and chatted with him for for about twenty minutes the other night, and that's that's uh, going to wrap us up on the show here today. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different preview show on the same old Dolphin show this week. So even though the show is a little bit different, I think we can probably say that we're still talking about the same old Dolphins here. So with all of that out of the way, I'm going to turn it over to Aaron the Brain, so you can hear his segment, and then when we come back. From that segment, I will be joined by Mike from DolphinsTalk.com. So uh, enjoy the brain's thoughts, and we will be right back. 
y'all a diehard Dolphin fan. I don't care who don't like it. If you don't like what I'm saying right now, you can kiss my whole family ass. I love the Dolphins. What's up, guys? This is Aaron the Brain. Sorry I couldn't be on the show this week, but I am taking a few minutes to record my prediction, my thoughts on the game. It'll be a quick little thing. So my thoughts going into this game is that I know that it's become this big national narrative that Tom Brady hasn't played well and he's got a losing record in Miami over his career. And this is true. This is fact. It is indisputable. But I will point out that the majority of the time that the Patriots have struggled in Miami, it has been games that haven't been hugely important to the New England Patriots. So this game this week, with the Patriots having a lot on the line, really needing to win to put themselves in position to get a first round by and stay in the race for home field advantage, which is extremely important to them this year because they have not played as well on the road as they have at home, even more so than in years past where they've been dominant at home. They've still been very good at home this year, but they have struggled a bit on the road, including uh, a really terrible loss a couple of weeks ago against Tennessee where they were absolutely manhandled. But I will say that two of the three losses that the Patriots have suffered this year have come at the hands of former assistant coaches. Uh, Two weeks ago to Tennessee to, uh, uh, to Mike Vrabel, who is now the head man in Tennessee, and going back earlier in the year to their defeat uh, to the Detroit Lions, uh, they lost to longtime assistant Matt Patricia. The Dolphins don't have any assistants. The closest thing they have to an assistant coach uh, from the Patriots uh, over the past few years would be their receiver, Danny Amendola. Not exactly a coach, although you could argue a, a cerebral player who could bring some knowledge of what the Patriots want to do offensively uh, and and help Miami out. Look, all this stuff, the, it's just it's just fodder for the media. At the end of the day, the Patriots are a team that, despite losing a couple of weeks ago to uh, to Tennessee, the last two weeks they've seemed to right the ship. It wasn't exactly the most impressive performance a couple of weeks ago when they when they beat the Jets, but they did win by two touchdowns, and then they went out and they won by two touchdowns against a Minnesota team who has Super Bowl aspirations. Now, Minnesota is now finding themselves uh, on the cusp of being out of the playoffs, so perhaps that win not quite as impressive, but I still believe Minnesota is a very good team, and New England basically had their way with them. I think it's especially impressive what they were able to do on the defensive side of the ball against Minnesota, and when you look at what New England does well, what they do well defensively is they they are one of the better pass defenses in the league. Uh, they, I believe, are sixth in the league as at last I checked, and I'm I'm not in front of my computer right now, so I can't give you the exact stat. But I believe that they were sixth in the league in yards allowed per pass attempt. Um, 
but you can run on them. Minnesota ran on them last week to the tune of over seven yards a carry. Uh, they are below average defensively against the run, so you can run against them, and that makes them, I believe, a little bit vulnerable. But what happened the last time these two teams met up earlier in the year when they met in Foxborough is New England basically dared Miami to run the ball. Basically dropping seven in coverage. Well, not even not necessarily dropping seven in coverage, but playing seven defensive backs routinely. They were routinely in dime and quarter packages against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins still couldn't run the ball against them because the Patriots' defensive line had their way with the Dolphins' offensive line. Now, we've seen over the past few weeks that the Dolphins didn't run the ball especially well last week against Buffalo, but Buffalo, one of the better run defenses in the league. Miami has run the ball fairly well this season, and they have been better at it over the last month of the year. Uh, it's not something that they do consistently well over the course of the game, but they have run to the tune of about four and a half, four point six 4.6 yards a carry, which that's getting the job done. A couple, All you have to do is go back to last year, Kenyon Drake had himself a whale of a game running the ball against this New England defense. So I believe that that is the key to the game for Miami offensively, is to run the football. And I believe that they will try to do that. And I believe that New England, given the fact that they had a ton of success against Ryan Tannehill and this Dolphins offense the last two, the last time they met up, I would imagine that New England will go in and employ the exact same game plan. They will dare Miami to run against nickel dime, well, not even nickel, but probably dime and quarter packages. And if Miami cannot do that early in the early downs on first and second down, and they put themselves in third and long situations, it is going to be another long day for the Dolphins offense. Now on the other side of the ball, look, uh, we, we did force a couple of turnovers from Tom Brady in the last game up in Foxborough, and Tom Brady has had his share of bad games against the Dolphins, or at least below average games against the Dolphins here in Miami over his career. So it would not shock me if the Dolphins were able to get a couple of turnovers in this game. But it is bad news for the Miami Dolphins because it does not appear that Xavier Howard is going to play in this game. In fact, there is a likelihood, well, maybe not a likelihood, but there there is a very decent possibility that Xavier Howard will not play again this season. And if there's a game where they need him, it's against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So if 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 Howard doesn't play, you're extremely undermanned on the, in the secondary. New England ran for over 200 yards on the Dolphins the last time these two met up. I think it's a bad matchup. New England's got a ton to play for. I think New England is not going to overlook Miami. I think they they hear the narrative, and that's just only going to motivate them more. Now, the only thing is, is in the back of my mind, I've got that article that was written, I believe it was pre-season this year or sometime in the off-season this year. It might have been earlier than that. But the article where Bill Belichick basically said that every now and then he will go into a game against the Dolphins and basically 
kind of not game plan. Basically not put too much emphasis into it because at the end of the day, if they lose, it fools the Dolphins into thinking that they're good and forcing the Dolphins into making ultimately bad personnel decisions. And this has been something that makes a lot of sense. And I've sat here on this podcast and told you that the worst thing about this Dolphins front office is their inability to look at the record and say, uh, and, and, and put it in perspective and decipher whether or not they're close. Because even at six and six and in the playoff race, no reasonable fan is looking at this Dolphins team and saying that they have any shot at making any kind of deep run or being a Super Bowl contender, and they're nowhere close to being that. So, this could be one of those situations where Bill Belichick comes into this game and says, hey, you know, maybe the Dolphins are one of our bigger threats in this division. Let's let's throw them a bone here. Maybe the Dolphins make them, this helps the Dolphins make a playoff run and helps them stay wallowing in mediocrity. I would say that that is a possibility, except for the fact that I think the Patriots have too much to play for in this game. And this year, more than most years, I really feel like home field advantage, having a bye in the first round, means a lot to them. And so I don't think they're going in with that approach. I think they're approaching this as a very important game, as they should. And if they approach this as a very important game, the Dolphins have no chance. The way that I see this one is New England jumps on Miami early. I think Miami shows some fight, doesn't necessarily cave the way they did the first time these two teams met up when it seemed like Miami basically quit, uh, you know, early in the third quarter, if not late in the second quarter. I don't believe that they do that this time. I believe they hang around, but I'm going to say down 27 to 17, midway through the fourth quarter, trying to mount a drive to make it a one-possession ball game. Ryan Tanhill is intercepted, and it either turns into a pick six or the Patriots turn it into a touchdown soon thereafter, take a 34-17 lead. I say the Dolphins put together a late, meaningless drive for a touchdown to make the score look more respectable than it actually was, and the New England Patriots win this game 34-24. to I'm Aaron the Brain. That's my thoughts on this one. I'd say hopefully I'm wrong, but the truth is I want the Dolphins to lose this game. I want the Dolphins to keep on losing. The best thing that could happen is that the Dolphins look good, that the that their young players continue to show promise, but that they that they lose games because it's not about the draft pick. It's about the front office not fooling themselves into thinking this team is close. And the only way to do that is for this team to lose and lose and lose and lose. That's four losses in these last four games. So that's what I'm rooting for. And it all starts this Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. I want it to be an entertaining game, but I want the Dolphins to lose. So that's my thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. Take care, guys, and I will be back for our wrap-up show uh, to give us to give you guys my thoughts along with Josh's on this game this Sunday against the New England Patriots. 
So hopefully I'll have a lot to say and we'll have some interesting things to talk about after this game and hopefully we'll be talking about a Dolphins loss. Until next time, this is Aaron the Brain. Go Dolphins! thoughts on the upcoming Dolphins Patriots game this weekend uh brain of course couldn't be with us uh live to do the show but he, he you know he's a he's a hard worker out there and he, he made sure to get his thoughts in so we really appreciate that so thanks for that brain um we're going to take another break now and then when we come back on the other side of this break we are going to hear from Mike from DolphinsTalk.com. He is, he is the head of the website. He's the one that does DolphinsTalk.com daily. Um, so we'll be back with him talking about all kinds of things from potential new head coaches to moves the Dolphins should make. And of course, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this upcoming game against the Patriots. So we'll take another quick, quick break. And when we come back, we will have Mike from DolphinsTalk.com. And we are back here on the same old Dolphin Show, joined now by the big boss at DolphinsTalk.com. Mike, how are you? I am doing fantastic, Josh. How are you? I'm 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 doing very, very well. I am I am enjoying the 30 degree weather outside here in beautiful central New York. Uh, Me too. <laughs> the, I'm, it, it's snowing, but it's not snowing enough to the point where I have to shovel the sidewalk. So I'm feeling good about life right now. Yes, it's uh, a, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. It's uh, you know, so I'm feeling good. Uh, of course, Sunday is not far away, and then I've got to watch the Dolphins play the Patriots, and I'm probably not going to be feeling a whole lot. Uh, you know, as good as I'm feeling right now once Sunday rolls around. But we uh, thank you for coming on the show to, to talk a little bit about the Dolphins and the Patriots. And we're going to talk a little bit about this game upcoming on Sunday. But, you know, since the brain's not on the show with me this week, I feel like we need to talk about some news that happened uh, on Thursday afternoon. Word came out. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. He says that. If Jim Harbaugh decides to come back to the NFL, the team that he's coming to is the Miami Dolphins. Now, it's a possibility that that could happen soon. It's a possibility that that could be a couple years away. What do you think about this? Are you are you all aboard the Harbaugh bus? Uh, yes, and here's why. Now, there's a couple things here. Number one, would I be shocked if Jim Harbaugh used the Miami Dolphins, to get more money out of another team. We saw that before when he went to San Francisco, and then he said, well, my wife wanted to live in San Francisco. Uh, but he used, obviously, Ross and took the meetings with him to get more money out of San Francisco. So could it be that situation? Possible? I don't know. Um, obviously, Ross is a big Michigan guy. He played a big factor in Harbaugh um, taking the head coaching job at Michigan. So they probably have a relationship from there is Ross is the largest financial 
donor to Michigan. So obviously they speak, and he has a relationship with him there. Um, if it's a positive one, which none of us know, I would assume it's positive, though. Um, yeah, I'm on board with this because Adam Gase, look, I like Adam Gase. I think he will be a good head coach. I just don't think he's going to be a good head coach with the Miami Dolphins. And I'm kind of sick and tired of the Miami Dolphins taking rookie head coaches who are sort of learning on the job. We had that with Cam Cameron. We had that with Tony Sperano. We had that with Joe Philbin. Now we have it with Adam Gase. Um, that trend has to be broken. And when Adam Gase goes, whether it's this offseason, next, or whenever, um, if it should happen, I want a guy with some experience as a head coach. And Harbaugh fits the bill. He almost, I mean, he was so close to winning a Super Bowl in San Francisco. He, he was he was the, a blackout away from winning a Super much. Bowl. Pretty much. He turned that team around overnight, too. He really did turn it around overnight. He's a guy who played in the league, which I think does count for something. Um, so I would be all on board with that. Um, if it happened this all, all depending on how these final four games play out, um, I would possibly be on board with that happening this offseason. If Miami here, they got four games left. Honestly, I know we'll talk about the game this week. Looking at Jacksonville, what they do on defense at Minnesota, we have no chance in hell there. Um, at the Bills is going to be a tough one. One, they almost won last week in Miami. Two, that game ain't going to count. And Miami, the last place they're going to want to be a day before New Year's Eve is getting on a plane to fly to cold, snowy, freezing Buffalo, New York to play a game that does not count. They're, they're going to mail in that. I don't think we're going to win a game the rest of the way. And if these final four games are really ugly losses, I could see Ross trying to make that move now. I me, really could. Let me flip the script on you a little bit here because I'm, I'd be curious about your opinion. I know you're, you're you're not a big fan of Adam Gase and what he's doing with this team right now. And I, you, you know, you can. There are a lot of different narratives that people have had about the Miami Dolphins this season. Uh, the biggest one, probably, I, no, it's not. It's not. There's no probably about it. The biggest narrative of this Dolphin season is that they've been more injury riddled this season than I think any team ever in the National Football League has dealt with the kind of injuries that this Dolphins team has had to deal with this season. So with that in mind, let's say, let's just say Adam Gay somehow leads the Dolphins to a victory either this week against New England or, or next week against Minnesota and then splits the final two with Jacksonville and Buffalo. Finishes the season. Back. He's coming fin back. Yeah, finishes the season eight and eight, given the 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 sort of trauma ward that he's presided over this season with this Dolphins locker room. I mean, I don't see how you don't bring Adam Gase be back, back in that situation. And here's the thing with Gase. It's not that I don't like Gase or not a big fan of him. What I'm not a fan of is when he stands up in front of the press and he'll either A, just flat out lie, which there's no need to. He can like, he's one of these guys who hasn't learned yet how to tap dance around a question or how to avoid a question. He, it, like, he takes every question head on, and when he doesn't like the question, he'll just flat out lie. It's like, we're not idiots, okay? Like, we see the game. I don't need to watch 200 hours worth of film each week to know what you're saying is either A, a lie, or B, false. And he's got this smug attitude, which he has no resume to back it up. He's got this smug attitude where he has to be the smartest guy in the room, and it's like, the results don't back it up. If he humbled himself a little, I think people would like him a lot more. But he doesn't have that quality. He 
came up under Nick Saban, and it really shows. But the problem is Nick Saban can act like an asshole because Nick Saban's got fistfuls of rings to prove he knows what he's doing. Adam Gase, you don't, okay? You don't. Peyton, Peyton Manning made you for like one or two years, however long he was with Peyton, and that's pretty much all you got to your resume. 2016 was a great year. You snuck in the playoffs as a six seed. Okay, I'm not going to throw you a parade over that, but it's like it's, I think he's a smart guy. I, I think he is a leader, actually, but he, once again, rookie head coach who is probably a little bit in over his head, and instead of sort of looking at himself, he lashes out at the world anytime somebody says something he doesn't like. Yeah, it's almost, not, like, yeah. it's, almost, it's almost like the thing that he needs to get him to the next level of being is an NFL coach is exactly is to get fired by get the Miami fired. Dolphins and That's to end up needs. somewhere else and go on to be a great NFL head coach. He needs to be humbled a little. And, you know, mo- me, because I think he's about the same age as me. He's like 41 or 42. You know, it's certain parts of life, if you see things aren't going the same way, you sort of look inward, introspective. Maybe it's me. He either he is his head is so big that he just can't even fathom that it's possibly him, or he just does not have that gene. He's not built that way. So that's what frustrates me with him. And that's why if he were to go at the end of this year, I wouldn't really be that upset because I don't think it's going to change going into 2019. I he, the guy has shown nothing that he will change his ways. He is the most stubborn person I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying something because NFL head coaches, for the most part, are really, really set in their ways and really, really stubborn. This guy might be the most out of both of those. And it's like, that's why if he would change his ways and sort of, you know, I mean, Armando Salguero asked him a fair question, I think like three weeks ago in a press conference. He jumped over him. Like, what does Adam Gase watch? I mean, Ryan Tannehill has not been good this year. He's been okay. But in 2016, he was clearly better. Armando sort of just brings it up because, it, one, even if you don't agree, it's a fair stance to have and a fair question. So even if you don't agree, but he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's all about results. with you. Oh, yeah, it is all about results because you know why? Because this is a league where you get graded on results. So, I mean, some of the stuff he says is just dumb. He comes off very childish, very immature at times. So if the Miami Dolphins had a chance to move on and land someone like Harbaugh, who you're not going to get that stuff with. He, now, look, he's not a picture-perfect guy by any means. No, he but sure I, isn't. He's not. But I think when it comes to being an NFL head coach, he's further along. Let's just say that. Further along. And sometimes— Absolutely further along. He's He's been to a Super Bowl, which is Super more than you can say for Adam Gase as a head coach. almost won it, and he almost won it. And, you know, I say this line a lot on my podcast— when things aren't going right and when the team isn't winning and your offense is ranked 29th and you spend all this money on pass rushers and you're like 29th ranked in sacks, that's that's not working either. Nothing's working on either side of the ball. Right now, on some level, I, I know they're still in the playoffs, so I hate to say it this way, but on some level, they stink. And when things stink, you got to open the window, let the stink out, and by that, you know, some people got to go. <laughs> well, that's, and, and, and I think that's coach. And I think that's a really great point. Because the, this Dolphins team, if there's one thing that has been consistent about this team, regardless of who the head coach has been over the last 20 years, is that they've been consistently inconsistent. They they have, I mean, almost every season during the stretch, even the seasons where they've been a legitimately good team, they drop a handful of football games to teams that they should not be losing to. And then you've got these teams that are not particularly good, and then 
once or twice a season, they win a game against somebody that they should not beat. Like the Dolphins this year, they beat the Bears. And yeah. granted, they, they you know, Mac got gift. hurt in that game. And, yeah. and, and Osweiler was playing last minute. So it was sort of not something that the Bears were prepared for. Whatever the case was, they managed to come out and they played in that one of their probably their best game offensively of the season was that game against Chicago and they they won the game. And so, again, it's that it's that inconsistency thing. And it's talking about stubborn. Steve Ross is also a guy who's stubborn and he's going to walk into his end of season sort of postmortem meeting with Adam Gase. And he's going to say, Adam Gase, why are we? Six and ten. Six and ten was what. Uh, actually, I predicted they were going to be four and twelve this season. Uh, but you know, if they if they end up six and ten, which is where it sounds like where you're leaning that they're going to probably, probably end up. I mean, Ross is going to have to go in there and say to Gase, "Why why is this our record?" And Gase is going to have to come up with some answers. And if he can't, he might be gone. Now, going back to Harbaugh, his biggest rival, the guy he could not beat, also announced today that. He's stepping away from Ohio State. Urban Meyer is is leaving Ohio State. He's he's not going to be coaching, uh, at least for Ohio State at any point. He was sort of cryptic when asked about what his future was going to be if his future involved not coaching, and he was sort of he was sort of cryptic about his response, which makes me think that there's another college or university out there that I... has already been in touch with him. My my gut tells me there's a certain university about. Nine and a half hours north of Miami, north and west of Miami, that had a terrible season with a terrible coach this year. That might be uh, working the yeah. phones to Mr. Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer's done. I think what happened at the start of the year with the off the field drama with him um, and all that stuff. I think I think he's just done. He looks like a guy who's just utterly exhausted. He seemed like look that whole story. Um, was he wrong, Urban Meyer? Of course he was wrong, um, but he was probably also you know, made the scapegoat. I mean, I don't, that's, those types of stories are really tricky. I mean, what do you, yes, he's the head coach, um, but it's like, is he everybody's father? I mean, does he have to babysit it to that level? So I think he's just exhausted with the whole system. I And plus he's had health issues. So I think for him, he'd want to get away. I think he wants to just leave for a little bit. If he were to take any job, the only job I, I could see him taking, and just because he's an Ohio guy, would be the Browns. Uh, but I don't even think he wants that anymore because who needs that headache too? I just think he's done. And for Harbaugh, I don't think what Urban Meyer does has any effect on him because Ohio State's a well-oiled machine. Whether he's there or not, Ohio State's still going to get top-level recruits. I mean, they're on par with Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State's probably third. They are just going to like roll in recruits every year, no matter who the head coach is, really. It's a well-oiled machine who's ever technically the head coach. I mean, if you're Harbaugh, too, it's like, okay, I lost to Urban Meyer. Not a huge deal. He's a well-known head coach. Every year he beats my brains in pretty much. Now, with him gone, do I want to lose to, I think it's like Ryan Day? I mean, no, he doesn't, that might make it worse for him. He's like, Jesus, I can't beat Ryan Day. People are really going to be mad at me. So this might be the out he wants just to, like, just leave that whole situation. Who knows, though? Who knows? Um, well, and- all I'll say is if if Steve Ross decides to drop the hammer on Adam Gase in this He's off the best season, option. Harbaugh's the best option. The rumor mill is going to get fired up real, real quick. He's the best option, and he will clean house because Harbaugh's got his crew. He's going to come in with his offensive coordinator. He's going to come in with his GM. 
Um, this would probably spell the end of Mike Tannenbaum. Um, Chris Greer, he's probably gone Fantastic. Too. See you later, Harbaugh, guys. Exactly. Harbaugh will come in with his guys because he's got his guys from San Francisco who they all went their own way after he left there. Some, some of them went with him to Michigan. Some have gone some other places. He'll bring in his crew. He'll put the band together. He will put the band together, and he will handpick his GM who knows what he wants to do, someone he can work well with, and someone who can handle the stuff that entails being a scout and all the contracts and the cap. So Harbaugh, he's coming in with the band. Okay, He ain't coming alone. He knows what he wants. So he would get the keys to the castle, and it would be a total house cleaning if Harbaugh is in Miami. Well, we'll find out whether or not Harbaugh is Miami bound. One of the things that is probably going to play a huge factor in that is, as we said, how the Dolphins end up in these final four games of the season. And the first of those four is this Sunday against the New England Patriots, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the whole gang. Now, the national media has seized this week on this story about the fact that, listen, Tom Brady is not great in Miami. He's seven and nine uh in his career in Miami, he's lost four of his last five games in Miami. Uh, Tannehill is three and at home versus Tom Brady. It's a, it's a, it's a situation where you're looking at this and you go, okay, well, that's the, the narrative is saying that this is going to be a good game, a good opportunity for the Dolphins. But here's the thing. All of those games that take place between the Patriots and the Dolphins in these in these recent years, all of them are either at the end of the season when the Patriots have usually got things just about wrapped up and they're sort of on cruise control playing for the playoffs and the game doesn't mean a lot to them, or it's happening at the very, very beginning of the season when we all know that the Patriots don't really start playing their kind of football until October anyway. So I think this is a very different situation that we're looking at going into this game because this is a Patriots team uh, that will clinch the division with a win today. And without a win today... They take a big step backwards away from the bye, with that, away from even having a bye in the AFC playoffs. And if that happens, then you're looking at a situation where they're probably going to have to win two games on the road to get to a Super Bowl. And that's not something that this team is going to have any interest in doing. So I, I really think that they're going to come in with something to play for. This is also... I think a very different Miami Dolphins team. This is a Dolphins team that is more banged up than we've ever seen. It's almost unprecedented. This the kind of injury problems that the Dolphins are dealing with. You're dealing with a quarterback who's at about 75%. Granted, Ryan Tannehill at 75% is better than whatever Jay Cutler was last season. Uh, however, Jay Cutler had his best game in the season against the Patriots in Miami. So, you know, who knows? Maybe this is going to be the game where Ryan Tannehill clicks. Leontay Carew has a big game. Devontae Parker has a big game. Danny Amendola has a big game against his former team. And this defense finally gets it together. But the other thing that is going to be, that makes me have such a hard time believing that the Dolphins are going to win this game is that their best offensive player, or excuse me, their best defensive player, Xavier Howard, who has been the breakout superstar on this team the past couple of seasons, well, really the last season and a half, it was really the second half of last season that he really came into his own. And now this season, he's just been a superstar. He's probably going to the Pro Bowl. The problem is he's got this knee problem that he suffered towards the end of the game against Buffalo. It is beginning to sound like he's probably not going to play at all on Sunday. And that means this patchwork 
secondary is which already had communication issues is going to be starting what D Delaney who they just pulled off of the street who who a week ago was was cleaning dishes in the back of some restaurant somewhere and now he's now he's going to be starting in the secondary for the Dolphins against Tom Brady I don't know Mike I have a hard time I have a really hard time thinking this is a game the Dolphins are going to win I hate to be the wet blanket here but they're not going to win they're not going to win this game look we played them in New England when they didn't have Julian Edelman, and Miami, for the most part, was healthy. Just think, when we played them the first time, we still had Daniel Kilgore at center. So, except for sitting, the offensive line was intact. All our wide receivers were perfect. Yeah, you know, all were the healthy. offensive weapons Everyone were still there. Everyone was healthy, and they still blew a – they killed Miami. Now, last week, the Bills, with Josh Allen and the 31st-ranked passing offense in the league – went down to Miami and put up close to 500 yards of total offense. And you have the Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, with a quarterback who's been in the league since 2012, put up 175 yards of total. Think about that. Less than 200 yards of total offense Miami had last week. Less than 200 yards. And Josh Allen, who has nobody to throw to. The Bills have no wide receivers, no tight end who's any good. I mean, they got LaShawn McCoy, who's seen much better days. They have nothing on offense and put up close to 500. What do you think Tom Brady's going to do this week? Seriously, it's going to be nice weather, perfect conditions for him, a beautiful sunny day in Hard Rock Stadium, no wind, no rain. It's, he's going to go up and down the field on this team, you know, and put up 35 points by the half, and, and then they're going to be laughing on the sideline come, you know, the end of the third quarter it's just, it's going to be ugly Miami has no players not to and mention New England's got Sony Michelle as well who ran for over 100 yes. yards against his Dolphins team last time out as well and last year when Miami won Gronk he didn't play well he playing this week and Edelman's back and they now have Josh Gordon who knows what he's doing out there I mean this team is a, and they looked I saw that game last Sunday night against Minnesota who's also a quality team you know, New England right now is a well-oiled machine. And Miami, yes, a lot of it is they have a bunch of guys that are hurt. But our linebackers are the guys we have pretty much played all year. You know, they're young in, a, in some spots. If there's no Xavier Howard, you're, I mean, you're dependent on Bobby McCain, Mika Fitzpatrick. I mean, these guys, they're not cut out to be – I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick is a great player. Everyone loves him. He shouldn't be a starting outside cornerback on a full-time basis. That's not his position. He's a safety. He's doing great in the role. That's not where you want him. Bobby McCain, you know, he's a slot cornerback. That's where you want him. Miami had him, you know, on the outside for, what, six, seven, eight games this year. They go, that's not where he fits. We got to move him back inside where he belongs. If they don't have Xavier Howard, you know, good night. I mean, it's over. It's over before it starts. They hate to be that guy, but it's just being honest and realistic I don't know how they're going to stop anybody, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope they make me look like a fool and an ass, but I just don't know how they can slow them down. And even if they don't slow them down, how are they going to score any points to sort of keep up with them if it gets into a shootout? They had 175 yards offense against the Bills. The Bills stink. Yeah, and and the Dolphins, the Dolphins' weapon that they really had um, 
offensively when it came to their wide receivers was they had speed between Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. They had speed and you would think you would have thought that that would have matched up really well with New England's linebackers that are all kind of old and slow and over the hill. But that certain simply wasn't the case in the game earlier this season. And obviously now the Dolphins don't have that that kind of speed uh, at the wide receiver position. So I think the, the key for the Dolphins in this game is going to be figuring out if you can run the ball and and just move the ball on the ground, get Kenyon Drake involved, get him to uh, we don't put seem the to ball. Do that. <laughs> no, they don't. I mean, they've and and looking. That's that's not a slight to Frank Gore because Frank Gore has had an incredible season. He's a hall. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's had an amazing season for this team, better than I think anybody had any right to expect that he was going to have this year. He's been amazing, but you know. Can you, and, and listen, when it comes to the ability to be a north-south runner, Frank Gore is superior than Kenyon Drake. And I think that's probably the reason that we've seen more of Gore this year is because he has the ability to just hit a hole and get going and get through it and get you six, seven yards on a simple run. Whereas Kenyon Drake is going to dance around. He's going to look to try to find a hole. He's always trying to break the big play. And a lot of times his, his looking to find that big play is what costs him uh, a big, you know, would cost him yes. instead of getting a six, seven yard run, he's running for three yards because he's he's trying to find the big hole. He's trying to break it. He's trying to bounce outside and make it something the big play. He hasn't been able to do that. However, I think in this game, the Dolphins are going to need to put the ball in his hands and and let him try to make that happen in this game. I think the other thing that needs, to, the other two things that need to happen, you got to get your tight ends involved. Obviously, Gasicki this year has been a little bit of a bummer from that perspective. He has not been the breakout tight end that we hoped he was going to be this season. Maybe he can do that next season after he's had a little bit more time to learn another off season to build and get ready. But Nick O'Leary has come in and, and immediately been uh, a, a pretty solid replacement for AJ Derby at tight end, which is kind of ridiculous that we're talking about replacing AJ Derby at tight end. I but know, what, but <laughs> so I think yeah. you need to get your tight ends involved as well as your receivers. And the other thing, and this is the thing that I've been calling for all season because this Dolphins offensive line, they're getting a boost this week with Swanson coming back, but Brendel has re-injured his calf. He's not going to play in this game. It sounds like this Dolphins offensive line has been a patchwork all season because they just have not been able to stay healthy. The thing that I have been saying all along is don't just call, don't call plays that have Ryan Tannehill standing back there in the pocket. He doesn't have the greatest pocket presence anyway. He holds on to the ball too long. What this team needs to do is you need to get Tannehill moving. Get him on the run. Give him some bootlegs. Have him move him around. Get him moving around. Keep the Patriots off balance that way. And maybe that will allow you to when you want to have him sit in the pocket and drop back and take a deeper shot, maybe that'll allow that to happen. You don't have the offensive line, so protect your quarterback. You don't want him to get beat up. Move him around a little bit. I'm not saying necessarily run it with him, but get him involved in ways that, you know, he's not just standing there like a sitting duck uh, the whole game with his offensive line sort of collapsing all around him. What do you think of that? Everything you just said for the past, I don't know, three minutes makes perfect sense. The problem is the guy who calls the plays doesn't think like you. He doesn't think like me. He doesn't think like most normal people. You have a quarterback who is known for making plays with his legs, mobile guy, can move around a little. You want to get him on the move, get him on the run, roll him out of the pockets and run pass options, that stuff. We do none of that. You have someone like Drake who I agree he does, you know, dance around, look for the home run and all that stuff. I get it. But what we saw at the end of the season last year – was a guy, when you give him the ball enough and you throw him the ball enough, 
is just like a home run waiting to happen. So even if you want to run Frank Gore north and south more, you know, throw the ball to Drake eight, nine times a game. Get him matched up on a linebacker who's too slow to cover him. We don't do that enough. We don't use the talent we have, and that's why with Gates, it's so frustrating. And, you know, the guy's supposed to be an offensive genius, this offensive mastermind. We're ranked 29th in offense, and everyone can point to the injuries all they want. And I know they got a lot of injuries. The two losses that killed this season, and I mean killed it, were at Cincinnati and they were at the Colts. And they had double-digit leads in both games in the fourth quarter. Double-digit leads. And they lost those games not because of any injuries. They lost them because they have a head coach who didn't know how to manage the game and manage his team and bring home the win. When you got a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter on the road and and you were, you know, handsomely in control of each game, you know, you get the clock moving, you keep it moving, you just, you be safe, you be smart, you don't take high risk. He did nothing like that against Cincinnati, and some of that was also on the quarterback, but, you know, some of the stuff he was calling was idiotic. And then the game against the Colts was worse. I mean, how he blew that game against the Colts, literally, I mean, any any 13-year-old who's played Madden could have brought home that win against the Colts. Just run the ball, kill the clock, punt, make the Colts go 70, 80 yards instead of letting them go. I mean, none of, he just is so in over his head when it comes to this stuff because everything you said is right. You know, it's like, get him on the move, Tannehill. Find ways to get the ball to Drake in space, throw it to him, hand him on the out, all that stuff. And it's like, none of it matters because we're sitting here worried about out of, you know, Swanson, Larson, or Jake. Uh, I mean, who's going to, it don't matter which one of those guys play. They're not the key part. It's, you know, using the parts you have and making them work. And he just can't do it. He can't do it. And he refuses to do it. Because that's what I've been saying. It's like the past few weeks on offense, they're putting up no points. They're only running about 50 offensive plays a game, for which people who know about that stuff, you want to be in the 70s at least. And if you're really good, you want to be in the 80s. We're running 50, and sometimes we're lucky to get to 50. And we're getting no yards, no touchdown. We're ranked at the bottom of the league in pretty much every offensive category. Um, And, you know, we're just boring. We don't do anything. It's like try a reverse. Try a flea flicker. Do anything. Get a spark. And it seems like when he lost Scott, when he lost Wilson, he gave up on that. And it's like, well, we lost Wilson, so we're just going to run it up the middle and throw on third down. It's too predictable, and we don't have the guys to win that way. So, you know, it's painful to watch most. It really is painful to watch this offense most weeks. I, I agree with you 100%. It's it's uh, it's it's maddeningly frustrating. It's I hate it to say really it, too. Is. I love this team. I Look, I have this website because I love this team, and I want to see the team win. I hope they go out this week and prove me wrong. The problem is I can't sit here and lie to you and say, you know what, there's a chance we're going to beat the Patriots. We're gonna, uh, there's no chance. We're not going to beat this team. I don't if feel we, good about I, it. I'd be stunned if we beat this team. I mean, absolutely, this would be an upset of upsets. Um, you know, it's like we don't – we're starting pretty much sec- – I mean, I, it's just not pretty. It's a, I could go on for – it's just not pretty. Well, let's – let's. I think I think all that needs to be said about this game has been said. Uh, so all that's left, I think, is to make a prediction for this one. So, Mike, what do you think? What What is your prediction for this Sunday when the Patriots come to Hard Rock Stadium to visit your Miami Dolphins? I'll say New England 42 
Miami 17. Wow. New England 42, Miami 17. I, I, you know, I can't say I disagree with that. I think, I don't know, my, my gut tells me that New England is going to blow this game open. I think it might potentially that this team will have learned something and they'll have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder from getting their butts kicked by New England last time. Uh, so maybe they'll keep it close. Um, you know, as, as the brain said, he thought Miami would hang around for a little bit and then New England would open it up towards the end. I could maybe. see something like that happening as well. I think I'm going to make the prediction that New England is going to end up winning this game by a score of 34 to 20, 34 to 20. Patriots are going to beat Miami. Dolphins will fall to six and seven and then get ready to travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, that's an, that's, which is not an easy task one. either. That'll be another fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This might be a bad month of December for Miami. Um, and there was a line in Sports Illustrated. They they did an article, I think last week, where they asked all their writers to rank the most boring teams in the NFL. And on the list was like Jacksonville, the Jets. Miami was on a list, of course, and they were, I think they were only last, <coughs> excuse me, they were only ranked last by like one or two people, but they were like in the bottom three of most of the people's list. But the one guy, I forget who it was, had the best quote. I think it was Andrew Brandt, well, not positive. The best quote, he said, the Miami Dolphins are always a year away from being a year away. And that is such oh, a Miami that is, Dolphins. That's that perfect is, quote. A year away from being a year away. And that is the Miami Dolphins to a T. Because if Miami finishes six and ten, look, I think they will. If they look, six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight, it's all the same. We're not going to the playoffs. Uh, so who cares at that point, really? So if they finish six and ten, they'll be picking <coughs> excuse me, my voice is going out, but like they'll be picking like twelfth or so or eleventh, you know, and then they're in the same spot they were last year. With an opportunity to maybe slide up and grab a quarterback you like, if they, or one might fall to them this year, who knows? Um, so, but it's like if they finish eight and eight, you know, they're going to bring talking about the band. They'll bring the band back to guy. Hey, we're eight and eight with all those injuries. Just imagine if, if everyone stayed healthy. No, no. That's exactly right, and that's exactly you what know, the brain said earlier in the that, show. Just sitting. Is an old man at this point. You know, he was hurt in the last few years in Chicago. We rolled the dice on him. You know, that's fine. I don't mind rolling the dice on him, but he proved he can't stay healthy. So you can't bring him back. And he's worth a lot of money next year. I don't think he, he's back anyways unless he takes a big pay cut, which that's a whole other story. Um, Kilgore at center, you know, he's okay to start. Um, you want to see what's going on there. I mean, you cannot bring back the same guys. You can't bring back Parker. You can't bring back Branch. I mean, there's so many guys they can't bring back just because they're making too much money and they give you nothing on the field. Like literally nothing some of these guys give you and they're occupying a ton of your cap space. It's like you you can't. So if they do go, that's my fear. They go eight and eight, miss the playoffs just barely. And they go, you know what? If we just stayed healthy this year, we would have won like 10. No, because again, the Cincinnati loss and loss against the Colts was not because of injuries, because your head coach is incompetent. That's why they lost those games. So it's not that those losses had nothing to do with injuries. They just because they built the lead with all the guys hurt. Okay, they had the lead in those games. They just couldn't take the game home in the end because the head coach was just I, I don't know what he was doing. So it's like you can't bring this band back together. On some level, it has to be blown up. And the two and the two big names 
are your head coach and your quarterback. And as I said to you before we started to record, you know, if one of them's back, I can live with it. I can't take with them both being back because status quo at those spots is unacceptable. If one of them's back, fine. They both can't be back, though. They both can't be because it's like just banging your head against the wall after a while. It's You're not going to get a new result. Absolutely. And and just like that writer for Sports Illustrated said, if that happens, the Dolphins will be one year away from being one year away for the next 20 years, just as they have been for the last 20 years. Mike, do you have any anything to plug? What do you want to get your uh, Twitter handle out there? Get all your plugs in uh, okay. here on the yeah. show. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Dolphins Talk and everyone check out the website DolphinsTalk.com. You guys, you, uh, you and Aaron do a great podcast that we have up there on the site, and we have so many great articles and writers and podcasts. We're up to like four or five podcasts now. So anything and everything that you want about the Miami Dolphins, go to DolphinsTalk.com. Check it out many times a day. Stuff's always going up that's new. We got videos with Anthony Saba, who does great video work. The guy cut up film for the Miami Hurricanes back in their heyday. Now he's cutting up film for us on the Miami Dolphins each week. That's all you got to know. It's the best video work out there. Anthony does great work. It's on our website, DolphinsTalk.com. So check out that site because we got it all for you if you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins. Mike, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show. Finally, we finally got you I on. Know. <laughs> we tried it a couple Anytime. times. Uh, we, we will look forward to next time. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. All right, and that was Mike from DolphinsTalk.com. He, uh, a really great guy. He brought us on board into the DolphinsTalk.com family. Um, he's done a lot to promote the show and, and help us expand our listenership. So we appreciate Mike and everybody over at DolphinsTalk.com for everything that they have done for this podcast um, over the course of this season. And we are almost done with the show, but we're not done quite yet because... My, uh, uh, the next segment that you're going to hear is one that um, I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to. A very good friend of mine, my good friend Tico, who I, I've known for a decade. He's, he's a really great guy, um, a big Patriots fan, of course. So I know some of you are already – he's already fighting an uphill battle f- with some of you. I understand. I get it. But, but he's a really good guy, and uh, we had a really fun chat. So uh, we'll take another real, real quick break. And then when we come back on the other side, I will be joined by Tico, the Patriots fan – from Chicopee, Massachusetts. Mark the knee down at the 31-yard line. So first and 10 from the 31 for Miami. Offset eye in the backfield now with Wilson and Kirby. Pryor goes in motion to the right side. The pitch to Terry Kirby going right side. He's looking to throw. He's going to pass to Irving Pryor. He's got it in the 10 at the 5. Touchdown, Dolphins! Yes! Housing pass! Read it in! Oh, Terry Kirby. Tell you what, they completely faked out this New England Patriot defense. They made it look like a sweep that all gets set up because you're running the ball so effectively. Irving Pryor blowing kisses <laughs> to the fans here in New England. Oh, I love that call. Wow. 
And we're back here on the same old Dolphin Show. I am joined now by a very good friend of mine, uh, a man I have been friends with for, gosh, over a decade now. Um, you know, they say in life that pretty much the friends that you're going to have forever are the friends that you make in high school or college. Well, I met this guy after college, and it's been... Yeah, yeah, been about a decade now that we've been friends. He's been a, a Patriots fan the whole time I've known him. He's been a Patriots fan his entire life. My good buddy Tico, welcome to the show. Thank you very Salud. much. Salud. We'll, Thank we'll you. Cheers, cheers to that. We're having some mm, little holiday spirit. Little getting into the holiday spirit with some red wine. Absolutely. As we record here. Well, thanks uh, for having me on. Oh, it's 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 a it's a pleasure. Happy to have you on. You know, it's funny because you. You said to me for a long time, ever since you found out that this podcast was <laughs> happening, you, you're like, well, you know, if you ever need a Patriots fan to come on and talk a little, talk a little smack. A level-headed one at that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the reason that I decided that we were, I would at least ask, you know, our, our friends on Twitter if they were interested in hearing from you. The only reason I considered having you on the show is that you are a very rare breed of Patriots fan. And it's you're the kind of, you know, there's not a lot of you because the overwhelming majority of Patriots fans are just assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just, I can't say I 100 percent disagree. I, really can't. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're all very um, stuck up and full of themselves and, and here since 2001. Yeah, right. They're all before. yes, they're all very much latecomers to the bandwagon. Sure. Uh, but but you've been a diehard Patriots. Fan. Tell us about how you sort of first became a Patriots fan. Well, I remember the 85 Super Bowl against the Bears. I remember that happening, but I was sort of too young to understand what football was. But I remember asking my mother specifically, like, why don't they let us score one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, needless to say, that that game was quite a blowout. Uh, I really remember starting to watch them right when I was starting to play uh, high school ball, which was 93, 94, right around the time that Bledsoe came in. And... You're a Massachusetts guy. That's right. Chicopee, Massachusetts. How far is that from Foxborough? It's about an hour and a half, hour and 45. So, but it's in Massachusetts. Yes, it is. I consider like when I think about places where I'm not mad if somebody is from there and they're a Patriots fan, Massachusetts, Vermont, Rhode Island, Maine, New Hampshire – not I feel like Connecticut. No, I feel like if somebody's in Connecticut, it's like you're going to be a Jets fan and you're going to deal with it. Yeah. And Connecticut's uh, it's quite a mixed bag, to say the least. Yeah. So you uh, you were you were growing up watching the Patriots Bledsoe era. They became watchable in those years. You know, when, you, when Parcells came in along with Bledsoe and Curtis Martin, Ben Coates, a lot of those guys. I mean, those teams were built to score points and they certainly did. Um, they obviously didn't. Ultimately, get it done. Bledsoe was on the roster in 01, uh, and he certainly deserves a good deal of credit for that trophy. But I look at that obviously more as a as a Tom Brady win than a than a Drew Bledsoe one. Well, you're a, you're you're a Brady guy, sure. I mean, how could you not be? Of course. Um, so you've, I see. This is the thing with Patriots fans, right? Because you're living through an era. That most that dolphins the dolphins had an era 
sort of like this. Obviously, not to this extent and not for this length of time. Sure, but you but got the Dolphins had the, season. Yeah, the Dolphins in the seventies were a pretty dominant franchise for for most of the time. The well, at Blanca least yeah, all those guys, the early seventies yeah. in particular, late sixties, early seventies. That was the that was like the sort of golden age of Dolphins football. And then we had the Marino era in the 80s, but that is sort of like the glory, the golden age of Dolphins football is sort of behind us. You're like in the, I, I you know, I think even a non-biased outsider and even, you know, somebody with a bit bias like yourself has to say that you're probably in the waning days of the golden age of the New England Patriots. Yeah, I would say so. Definitely. I mean, it's it's hard to – until proven otherwise, it's really hard to bet against this team. Um, they – you know, stats kind of speak for themselves. I mean, they've been to three of the last four Super Bowls with two wins and year in and year out with the exception of 2002 and I believe 2008, last time the Dolphins won the division. It's been theirs up for grabs. So it's really tough to bet against them. And yeah, we are in the golden years of it and – Probably the last few, you know, I'm not ready to to sell it just yet, but um, yeah, enjoying every second of it. I, well, and one could hardly blame you for that. Uh, how would you rank rate the current Patriots team compared to some of these other Patriots teams that you've seen? Obviously, they're not the best Patriots team of the past, you know, 18 years or whatever it is. Would you? Where would you say this team sort of ranks in the the Parthenon of great Patriots teams in the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era? Well, I mean, it's tough to say without the end of the season because I've seen some of their their lesser teams go at least to the Super Bowl and some even win. I mean, as great as the 2001 team was as far as a story, statistically speaking, they weren't an amazing team. Um, I would put the 2018 Patriots in a more fallible than not category for, for the team itself. I think they've, as long as you've got number 12 under center, they're going to be a threat no matter at home or on the road, even though this season on the road hasn't been ideally what, what we would want. Uh, but I, I would put them toward the lower end, maybe the, you know, 2005, 2006, 2009 type teams, you know, they, they're still good. And, and I realize what a luxury that is because I'm sitting there arguing over, well, you know, a 10, a 10 win season is not as good as a 14 win season. So I, I realize very much the luxury that I am as a fan, but I do think that this particular team has some, some glaring holes and some very thin positions. Yeah. And that's where I think if you're a Dolphins fan looking for reasons, which, you know, our listeners tend to be Dolphin fans. I would hope uh, so. <laughs> as they are looking for a reason why this Dolphins team might be able to pull off a victory uh, at home against the Patriots this week, I feel like that has to be the reason is that Tom Brady is starting to slip a little bit. I mean, you look at statistics, Ryan Tannehill has a better passer rating right now than Tom Brady does. Sure. Um, but Tom Brady has, I think, around him a better supporting cast. Unquestionably, than, yes. Than Ryan Tannehill has right now. Uh, so uh, we're going to get into we'll, – we'll talk a little bit about what you think about this matchup coming up. But let's talk about historically matchups between 
the Dolphins and the Patriots. Been a lot because, of good ones because there's been there's been some classics along uh, over the years. Now you're a Patriots fan, and you've actually uh, been there in person and witnessed some of these these moments. Yeah. So you want to k- share some of those moments with I've us? I've been to two. Uh, the first one was in the 2000 season, where the five and ten Patriots were closing out the season against Miami. And they were up late, and it was one of their tight ends. I'm sorry if this is wrong. I think it was Jermaine Wiggins, possibly, uh, or Rod Rutledge, one of those type guys that fumbled late in the game, giving Olindo Mare a chance at a game-winning field goal, which, like he did many times, he connected. Uh, the very next season, I was there for a 20-13 to New England win over the Dolphins. Uh, that was the infamous Kevin Falk to Tom Brady pass and they they I believe they they clinched the AFC so those were you know about 12 months apart two very similar but uh, very different ending Patriots games yeah I've got some uh, very good memories of Dolphins Patriots games in uh, in my mind anyway of course a lot of mine are, are different from yours. I, I I wasn't there to witness them, but one of my favorites, of course, the Wildcat game. Yep, two thousand eight. I mean, that's a classic that was a destruction. Every play, so um, you uh, go for about thirty yards or a score or yeah. both. <laughs> but then there was also, I think, it was ninety ninety four when uh, Is that the, the slugfest. Yeah, Marino, Marino and Bledsoe. And Bledsoe. Yeah. yeah, let's pull. I'm pulling up the box score for that game right now. Where I think, um, let's see. Passing, yeah, Marino threw for 473 yards and five touchdowns, and Bledsoe threw for 421 and four touchdowns. So a real pedestrian day at the quarterback. Yeah, very, you know. I mean, that's a game like you would, if you saw that now, it would be like a game between the Chiefs and and the Saints or the Chiefs and the Rams, right? Sure. They, that Monday night affair not too long ago. So the 50s, both teams? Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. Where, what did the, like that. the Rams won the game by a field goal, but it was like, yeah, 54 to 51 or something like that, so... Yeah, there's been some memorable moments, and uh, I'd, I'd love for any of you guys, if you have uh, any of the listeners, if you have a favorite Dolphins-Patriots moment in the past that you'd like to share with us, even if it's uh, a little bit off the beaten path, um, you know, shoot us a tweet at same old Dolphins. Tico is not on Twitter, but I, I, I will be sure to share with him all of your thoughts uh, on, on favorite Dolphins Patriots moments, especially if they're moments that he would not look fondly back upon. I'll even give you one. If I was a Dolphins fan, I would look back and I could be wrong on the year. I'd say 97, maybe 98. And Dan Marino threw on, on back-to-back possessions, pick sixes to Ty Law and uh, short-lived linebacker Andy Katzenmoyer. Both pick sixes were at home, we're up 14-0, life is great, and in comes Damon Heward, who would later beat us by one point. So if I was if I was a Dolphins fan, I'd look at that as a, a pretty good day. The Damon sure. Heward game. Yeah, the Damon Heward, or um, 03, the all-orange uniform game for, for Miami. Um, New England was on its way to its third Super Bowl win, but Miami picked off Brady... Four times in that game, I believe. So, if I was a Miami, still didn't fan, win. No. Still didn't win the game in 03? Yeah, and I, I mean, 
I don't think maybe it was 02. Maybe it was or 04. 04. I don't know. It, it was way. certainly in the in the earlier years. And I, I definitely remember an all orange Miami team take because we were up seven nothing on a Kevin Falk run. And they took us to town the rest of the game. And it's why, you know, your your show is called the same old Dolphins show. And I bet to some of the listeners that that's a feeling of it, it's a lament. It's it's not a good feeling, but I feel the same way because it is the same old Dolphins, which to me as a Patriots fan, when I look at the schedule every year, I look at our home win against Miami, our home game against Miami as a win, our away as a loss. And if if that happens to be different in South Florida, fantastic. But Brady's record, as it shows, is 22-10 and 10, uh, overall. And I, I, I want to say he's something like 9-10 and 10 or maybe 10-10, and 10, which – yeah, I think it, I think he's like it's seven and nine or something is his record in yeah. in Miami. Yeah, so it's it's always been a house of horrors for us. And I think he's got something like ten December losses in his career or something like that, and five of them were in Miami. Yeah, they, he's lost as many games in Miami in December as he's lost anywhere else. Which I always season. say we should play the Miami game early in the season where it's really hot in South Florida and the New England one in December where it's nice and cold. I think that would be a a really good balance to it rather than give both teams 75 and sunny. Ironically, the last time that you played the Dolphins in uh, South Florida early in the season was in was in 2014. You'll remember this because we were there together at uh, ah, where yes. were we? We're at Mohegan, Revis's first game. Were Mo- Mohegan not Sun. Mohegan Sun. We're at the Mohegan Sun. That's we right. had gone there for a Lewis Black concert mm-hmm. uh, with our UFC with our buddy. With, that's right. We went and saw UFC at Mohegan Sun, and we saw Lewis Black. Yeah. And then the following day after the UFC show, we. We, uh, we went to the bar and we watched opening day of the NFL season, at least the one o'clock games. Dolphins played the Patriots. Dolphins won the game 33 to 20. Yep. And I remember uh, I remember being so psyched to get that win over the Patriots. Uh, 2014, didn't the Patriots end up winning the Super Bowl? They certainly did. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, turns out that losing in South Florida apparently is a good omen for you at the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We ever like losses, uh, and again, South Florida is such a tough place to play. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, the dolphin, the current Dolphins, said, you know, you always say the same old Dolphins. I, I don't really think that. I, I, but I can absolutely see where you and the fan base come from. Because it does seem like you're that perennial seven and nine, maybe nine and seven. Yeah, that's the problem. Team. That's the fucking problem. <laughs> um, but year in and year out, you've always got a handful of guys that we'd love to have on our squad. I'll say that. Uh, Drake being up there on my list. What about Danny Amendola? Danny got to have an Amendola. Of all the free agent uh, guys we didn't bring back, I'd put him and Vince Wilfork up the top there. I remember... Earlier this season, the first time you heard the phrase Tanny to Danny, the cringe that you had, that look on your face when you when you heard Tanny to Danny. Yeah, it sucks, man. <laughs> it, it, it's awful when a good joke is also painful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, at any rate, this is the thing that's bothering me as we head into this game. And, and I'm sure... I'm sure other Dolphin fans feel the same. And I, and I sent out a tweet about this as well. The media narrative right now is they're jumping on the fact 
even in the national media, they're jumping all over the fact that Brady and the Patriots struggle in South Florida late in the season. Yep. And that Brady has, is, uh, you know, one and four in his last five trips to South Florida to take on the Dolphins. And I hate this. And I know, and we've talked about this before. You, you talked about it. You always have a tough time. I mean, you're, you're very fair about it. You're very level headed about it. You always say that any AFC East opponent, it's a tough game, whether it's in the Meadowlands, whether it's a new era stadium, whether it's hard rock stadium, whatever it is, you always say it's a tough game. It's a tough yeah, game. Always. Can't take it for granted. Between any of those four teams, almost always. I can't, I just hate the fact that the media is jumping on this narrative. Well, that's and what the media does. I mean, but we need 24 hours, seven days a week sports. That's coverage. true. They're going to invent stories. And, but, the, and it, but it makes it worse that this actually is a story. Mm. And it's a story with, with foundations in fact. Um, but I feel like this game is a little bit different. The situation is a little bit different. The Patriots have an opportunity to clinch the AFC East. Typically speaking, when this matchup happens, like last year when it happened, the Patriots were going into this game against the Dolphins in Miami on Monday night, knowing that they had already clinched a first round bye. Didn't Drake run wild? And then, and they were going to have, they were going to have a matchup the following week in Pittsburgh. Which they do this year too. Right. They were going to have a, a, uh, that matchup in Pittsburgh that was going to really determine who was going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So I feel like it was something of a trap game. There may be a little bit of that, but with the fact that the Patriots haven't even clinched the division yet at this point, and then in fact, if they beat the Dolphins on Sunday, they do clinch the division. Or and, tie. Uh, yeah. That, uh, right. That's, for, that's like, worth it. I don't think either of us wants that. Let's, let's <laughs> stick to the official uh, playoff scenario. Sure. <laughs> New England win or tie versus the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. They clinched the division on Sunday. Uh, but this is just, I am, from my, from where I'm sitting, I'm a little worried that the, the Patriots are going to run wild on the Dolphins this Sunday. I, it's it's tough call. I mean, I watched that Buffalo-Miami game last week. I think you're a, a couple of questionable calls and a Charles Clay drop away from a loss, unfortunately. Yes, I agree. Um, but – Again, it's it's Miami in South Florida. You know that that game where they looked fallible could be the setting the stage for them coming out playing really strong. It's very tough for me to call because there is such a history of of playing poorly for the Patriots in South Florida. It's very tough for me to call. Well, so you're a big Patriots fan obviously. Yes. So if you had to pick if you had to say there was one thing that the Patriots were going to need to do to win this game against the Dolphins, if they were going to if they were going to have to have success in one area, what would that be? Protect the football. I think mm, that that's uh, a big one. You know, I mean, obviously, that's that's a very easy answer for anyone to say any given week with any two teams. But I it it's you're very hard pressed to have a Tom Brady led offense which is doing pretty well except for the middle portions of a lot of these games uh if they can take care of the football and the defense can even come out and play half a game they'll be just fine yeah that's one of the reasons you know you look at the Dolphins this season their offense has been very underwhelming their defense has been very underwhelming really the only reason when you really look at it to think about the fact that the Dolphins are six and six is that they have had 
uh, they've they've forced a lot of turnovers. Lots they've, of turnovers. They've forced a lot of turnovers. Lots of interceptions. Lots of fumble recoveries. That's not something that you usually see from the Dolphins, but it's something that you are seeing uh, quite a bit this year. Well, one of the um, stats I would say that's pretty important is you know obviously we're we're sitting here on Wednesday night, so you're not sure how things are going to unfold in the next few days. But I'm seeing a guy like Howard very questionable for yeah. It sounds he's got seven picks now. Seven so, picks leads the NFL. You know, and that's. You, you take a ball ball hog away like that, that can that can get pretty rough. He picked off Brady two times earlier this season. At least once he you, picked him off. Yeah, and uh, this year, you mean? In the first game this season, yeah. You know, I actually didn't see that game. You was, didn't watch no, the game. I, I was, you were working. You were no, very I was, busy. I was a very busy guy, yeah. You were in Ohio I, yep, doing work. Yep, taking care of business as you do. You and, got Sometimes uh, you got it. I, I was watching the stat line and uh, – our side of the scoreboard just kept going up, so didn't have to worry about it. But that's the kind of thing that I worry about when you go to South Florida is, it, you know, one of the things. Howard would, did not have a pick. He did game. not. Fitzpat- Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick in the game. Pit- Fitzpatrick and McCain had picks in that game against Brady. Now, what would concern me is, you know, d- depending on how you were to look at it, is the health of, of Ryan Tannehill. When, when he's on and he's right, that offense can look pretty good. Uh, when he's not, it's it's very rough. And I, and I would certainly put the health of both Howard and Tannehill as one of those very important stats to keep an eye on. Sure. And we're, we're you know, in his last three games against the Patriots, in which he is 3-0, he's thrown seven touchdowns, one interception in those games. So if we can get that kind of performance out of Ryan Tannehill – in this game, well, then terrific. Sure. And <laughs> then, the tail, the tail of the tape against the Jets, and then last week against Minnesota would tell you otherwise. But I still believe that this New England defense is especially fallible. They give up a lot of big points, and unlike the Bill Belichick defenses of the past, where they'd be strong, you know, once you got to the twenty and a little loose beforehand, I'm seeing them have holes all over the place. Um, I, I don't have a lot of confidence. In the New York Jets, I think the statistics speak for themselves. But even a team like Minnesota, I think there's a little more hype than deserved on that team, unfortunately. Uh, sorry, Lisa. Mm. And That's our friend Lisa. <laughs> our friend Lisa's a big Vikings fan. Uh, Tico, got, Tico got a piece of the Vikings last week. My wife is a Seahawks fan, gets a piece of the Vikings this week. And the next week, Lisa finally maybe gets a gets a chance to have a nice win because she's going to get a piece of the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I just don't um, – I don't see a whole lot in either of those teams offensively on a regular basis to inspire me about New England's defense. Uh, I And I think with, with players like Parker and Stills and, God help us, Danny Amendola, you know, there are guys who can get open. And we have either an aging or a young secondary, and those things can be exposed. Certainly, by a quarterback with the with the eye of Tannehill, I think I think his health has determined a large part of his career, which is unfortunate. Well, the one thing the one thing that we do have sort of to uh, fall back on, I guess, is that Tannehill is always better at home. Yeah, uh, Tannehill is a different player at home. The Dolphins are a different team at home. Adam Gase is a different coach at home, and so with any luck. Uh, the Dolphins will be able to uh, pull out a big victory this Sunday at home against the Patriots. All right, we're, g- we're going to wrap up here. But before we do, I got to ask you, uh-huh. what do you think the result is going to be this Sunday? Dolphins-Patriots, Hard Rock Stadium. What is the final score? Are the Patriots going home 
AFC East champions for like the 800th time in the last 20 years? Well, it's very tough to call being in South Florida, but I wouldn't be a good Patriots fan if I voted against our team, especially as long as number 12 is under center. I would say if things go right for the New England faithful, I see us walking out of there with a 27-21 win. All right, there it is. There's the pick from Tico. He predicts the uh, Patriots are going to get this, uh, get a win in South Florida, 27-21. We'll we'll find out if he's right or if he's wrong. We'll find out on Sunday. Tico, thanks for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Look forward to next year. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have have to do it twice next year. Of course. And maybe in the playoffs again this year. Who knows? (laughs) Dolphins in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll see about that. All right, Tico, thanks for doing this. Thank you. And that is going to do it for this episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show. I I really hope that you enjoyed listening to my good friend Tico, Mike from DolphinsTalk.com, and of course the brain sending in his thoughts. This has been a very different kind of show for us here on The Same Old Dolphin Show. So uh, let us know what you thought of this one. It's very different, and hopefully it was something that you enjoyed. If it was, let us know. Tweet at us, at Same Old Dolphins. Of course, I'm at Amplified to Rock. Aaron is at Aaron the Brain. Share your thoughts with us. If this is something that you like, you liked this format of the show, it may be something that we try to do more of as we go forward here. And if it was something that you hated, you never want to have us bring on a fan of an opposing team ever again, let us know because we're interested in hearing that too. We want to make sure that we are delivering content that is pleasing to everybody that is listening to the same old Dolphin show. So, So give us your feedback there. Of course, you can listen to every episode of The Same Old Dolphin Show by downloading, rating, and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe over there. Every episode of the show is also on DolphinsTalk.com. This week, as of right now, this episode is going to be the first one. Well, I mean, really, the last one was the first one, but it's happening now. We are now up on Google Play Music, and you can also get the podcast on Stitcher. So if those are your preferred apps, no longer do you have to use a non-preferred method. You can go to your favorite podcatcher and uh, access the show that way. Of course, we are always on SoundCloud as well, and so we hope that you will listen and subscribe and follow the show and invite your friends to do the same because we're all one big Miami Dolphins family here and we very much appreciate all of you getting involved with the program. So we're going to sit back, relax, and watch things unfold on Sunday as the Dolphins host the Patriots. Will Tom Brady and the Patriots continue to struggle in South Florida or is basically everybody that has been pontificating about this show from a Dolphins perspective going to be proven correctly, and the Patriots are just going to run rampant over the Dolphins this weekend. I don't know. We're going to find out. Either way, we will be back here on the same old Dolphins show uh, late Sunday evening or sometime on Monday to recap the show and give our thoughts about it. The brain will be back, so we'll be here your your favorite, your new, absolute favorite Miami Dolphins podcast, The Same Old Dolphin Show. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from the